There it is. We're live. Welcome, everybody. It's a beautiful Wednesday out here in sunny San Diego. As always, we have a great podcast for you all today. We're going to be talking about the group relationship. Obviously important for us polyam folks. So Mm -hmm. let's dive in. Let's have some fun. Here we go. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful Wednesday. If you are joining us for the first time today, welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know that we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Three opportunities every week for you to ask questions. So if you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs, let me know, or leave a comment while we're recording live. Follow us on all social media platforms at Practicing Polyay. Let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, I want to remind you, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. None of us are perfect, and we're here to share all of our imperfect stories because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves. And the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com and sign up to share your imperfect story too. All right, everybody, here we go. Let's introduce today's guest. Our guest today has been practicing social therapeutics for 25 years and is a passionate advocate for marginalized communities of all types. As a somatics coach, our guest helps women connect with their bodies and close the oft-painful gap between mind and body. In the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd, our guest worked to bring people together and have uncomfortable conversations around race, class, and gender in America with the hope of moving us closer to one another. Our guest has found that by relating to individuals and experiencing the power of taking emotional risks with others in a supportive group environment, we are better able to heal and change how we see and act with one another. The relationship in a group environment is especially important for us polyam folks, so I'm excited to chat with our guest, who not only offers life, career, and relationship coaching, but is also a social justice leader and activist helping others overcome their own fears and have meaningful, albeit uncomfortable, conversations. Joining us today from ZPD Coaching and co-leader of Uncomfortable Independent Conversations out of New York City, welcome to the show, Carrie All right, producer, thank you so much for that music. Uh, Carrie, thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to chat with you and dive into this topic of, I I don't know, I guess group therapy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for having me. Thank you for that awesome introduction. Um, And I just, I want to say that I love the opening to your show. I love that it's action, you know, practicing polyamory and that it's so embracing of our ordinariness, our flaws, our underdevelopments, and that Mm -hmm. we do all of that together and grow together. I feel very close to that uh, in practicing social therapeutics. So thank you for having me. Thank thank you. And thank you for that. I mean, that was kind of an important part of it for me was to make sure that, you know, 
people understand that we aren't perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. I make all kinds of mistakes all the time, every day, you know, as recently as today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and it's okay for us to make mistakes. I think the important thing for, for all of us to recognize is as we make mistakes and we learn and grow, we got to do better. And we just always got to put our best foot forward and, and keep getting better. So Carrie, yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit. I haven't heard this term before specifically, social therapeutics. Can you give yeah. me a, a description of what that is? Sure. Um, social therapeutics is a group-based approach to emotional growth. And it was created about 40 years ago based on uh, an understanding that we are a social species, we humans. We, mm. we develop and grow as children socially. We learn how to speak socially. Mm-hmm. We create our emotions socially, the, the joyous ones and the painful ones. And so the cure to emotional pain is also social. When I was, um, I actually went to college and I thought I'd be a psychologist and I studied psychology. And then I realized that I had some real disagreements with traditional psychology and its method. And I went out seeking social innovators that were doing new kinds of things. And I found this um, multiracial, multi-class, grassroots facing community that was looking to innovate and create new approaches to human Mm. development. And so social therapeutics has grown out of that. And it's a group based model. It's a group based model. When you say that um, we create emotions socially, uh, I'm I'm trying to understand what you mean by that. Because I mean, sure, I, I can see how like our emotions are influenced by the things that are happening around us but aren't like my emotions just specific to me and and aren't i in control of them how how is i guess society how how is community how is uh the social aspect of things influencing my emotions that's a beautiful question and i'm going to try to answer it um Well, we certainly live in a society and a country and more and more a world where we're organized to see individuals and and see our emotionality as ours, like we possess it, Mm -hmm. um, that we have control over it, that we cause it, that we can explain it. It's mine. And... That way of seeing who we are in the world and relating to ourselves and our feelings can get us stuck emotionally in a fly bottle that's hard to get out of because we we might experience the emotions as ours and Mm -hmm. inside of me, but these emotions got created of you in relation to the world, in relation to other human beings, in relation to what somebody said to you 10 minutes ago, in relation to what your parents said when you were five, in relation to what your coworker said, in relation to the stranger on the bus who just, you know, made a funny face or whatever it is, we're, all of those things 
have an impact on us. Mm -hmm. And so we are more often than not reacting internally to external stimuli, I guess. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And that we believe that um, what's going on for us internally is the truth. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but having other people with you in a group therapeutic environment Mm -hmm. that gets challenged because other people Mm. will say, well, I kind of heard you say it like this, or I, my experience of you isn't that you're incapable and degraded. My experience of you is that you, you're very talented at what you do. And so when we, um, when we can create that kind of environment where we can give to each other mm-hmm. our experiences of each other in the moment and create with that, that's developmental. And in that context, it's no longer what's going on inside of you is the only thing that's going on. How does that sound? That sounds that sounds pretty good. I, I uh, am sitting here listening and thinking of um, how this applies to polyamory specifically, yeah. right? Because yeah. obviously we're we're more people. There's there's more moving parts, if you will. There are more yes. people involved, and yes. so I start to think about you know folks, especially who practice kitchen table polyamory as a fo- as opposed to parallel. And like, I have this scenario, I guess, in my head of like being uh, in a, in a group in a, in a, yeah, in a group with like all of my different partners. And I don't know, I, I don't know if necessarily doing like a therapy session necessarily, but definitely say, you know, I have some kind of insecurity about myself and I express it. And now I have, you know, multiple people challenging that perspective. Yes, I work with um, polycules and I work with polyamorous folks individually and couples. Some, my groups are mixed, polyamorous, monogamous, asexual, um, and of course, diverse racially and by class. And um, so when I, and I was thinking about this also relative to um, poly relationships, First of all, on the possession piece, because what I love about polyamory is that it's just a a straight up challenge to how we've been organized to see who we are in the world and what our relationships are. Polyamory is about we're creating our relationships. We Mm -hmm. clearly and obviously are creating our relationships. There's no script. We're the people who've decided to go off script. (laughs) That's beautiful. So then with that, and that's why, um, so with that, what kind of environment can we create together? Because you have to create the environment to have these conversations. They don't, it's not like, you know, say whatever you want, whenever you want to. We have, it's work to be hearable. Mm -hmm. It's work to be heard. Go ahead. Yeah, Yeah. let's let's talk about creating those environments. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. in this scenario that I was imagining you know, it wasn't necessarily like a group therapy session or anything like that. It was just like, I don't know, playing a board game, 
for example, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what types of situations are you referring to when you talk about creating the environments to allow these types of, of discussions and, and yeah. uh, challenges? Yep. Well, creating the environment includes us as a group talking about, and it's groups that I lead, of course, mm -hmm. um, talking, can we have this conversation? What do we need in order to have this conversation? I need to be able to say that I'm feeling anxious right now. Okay, glad that you're giving that. What's it like to share that with us? Mm -hmm. What's it like for the group to hear that so-and-so is feeling anxious? Can, do we think we can have this conversation with so-and-so being feeling anxious? Mm -hmm. So it's like radically accepting and including where everybody's at so that where people so that we can build and create with what's going on for everybody in the moment. So part Got of it. creating the environment is allowing the space for people to give where they're at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be able to express it freely and all of that. Now, yeah. what types of conversations are we talking about right now? Because uh, when you say, you know, being able to express that I'm feeling anxious or whatever, I feel like that's a conversation that I can have one-on-one -on -one with a partner or whatever. And, you know, it's no big deal, but we're, we're talking about conversations that need to be had in groups, especially led conversations like you're talking about. Yeah. What conversations are we having? That's a great question. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that this group modality, I live and breathe groups. I see groups everywhere. So mm -hmm. even you and I right now, we're a group. We're creating okay. this conversation together. Mm -hmm. um, so, and in my couple's work, um, the couple is inviting me into their relationship. We're a group. Okay. Um, so now say your question again and I'll answer it, but I just, I wanted to, to give the viewers that sense that, that that's how, that's how I see the world. Got it. Yeah. So, so my question was, uh, around what types of conversations, uh, that we're, that we're talking about, like, are we yeah. talking about, you know, major social change conversations? Because I know that that's something that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. or are we talking specifically about, you know, relationship conversations when mm -hmm. when i say uh when i hear group i yeah. don't think of of one-on-one -on -one necessarily as a group yeah. uh, yes. you just defined it differently so you know um that but that wasn't what i had in my head i was definitely thinking three or more yes uh, as a group yes and so so when we're in a group and you're talking about having uncomfortable conversations what types of uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations are you referring to us having? Sure. Well, the groups that I lead and co-lead, so um, uncomfortable independent conversations is a very specific grouping of m people who come together who want to bring Americans closer together across mm -hmm. racial and class lines. And that, that, 
uncomfortable in independent conversations is a multiracial grouping of people. And it's led by Dr. Raquel Holmes, who's a scientist and who's someone who has dedicated her career to better communication in the science world. Mm -hmm. She's an African-American woman. Um, So what we work on there is the ordinary ways that we try to create conversations with each other and maybe mishear each other or aren't as curious as we could be. We get more uptight Mm -hmm. or worried about being judged or irritated um, by somebody's backwardsness or, and, and then, then the work is to create an environment in which people can say hard things to each other in a way that's caring and can be heard. And that's what we do together. It's very um, intimate work and mm-hmm. um, hard work. And yep. sometimes it can get very messy. And there's a shared understanding that we are trying to do something new together. We're trying to create a new kind of conversation in America together. It is. <laughs> Excuse me. No worries, no worries. Uh, it is kind of a, it, well, not kind of, it is challenging <coughs> at the very least to to have these conversations. Uh, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's, there are, all right, I'm thinking of what my dad always used to say, which is, it's not what you say, it's how you say how you it. you say it, yes. Right? And so I think carefully about the words that I choose Yes. Before I let them flow out of my mouth. Once once they leave my mouth, once I say the words, I can't take them back. Right. And so yeah. when we talk about having uncomfortable conversations and especially in, in this setting that you're talking about, there are the challenge that I can think of is I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so, yes, when I am when I'm in this situation where I ha- where I want to say something or I have to say something to someone and it's uncomfortable or it's hard, how do I, how do I break through that? Because it's, it, you know, yeah. for one thing, I feel like I have to feel safe. Yes. Right. But yes, assuming that I feel that I feel safe and, and, and I feel like I can be heard, it can still be challenging to just say the thing that I want to say. Sure. Yes. It can be uncomfortable. It could make your skin crawl. Mm -hmm. Goes back to, can we create the environment together? So in my, um, in my group, my, my weekly groups that I run that people come week after week after week, you know, recently one of my groups, they were saying, wow, we really, we didn't used to feel this way. We used to be very nervous and uncomfortable about mm-hmm. bringing in this thing that's going on in our lives or this pain or this something. And now we're kind of uncom- we're kind of comfortable with being uncomfortable of bringing in these things mm-hmm. and asking the group for help. And the group was having expressing how it has grown as a group and how they see themselves as the creators of the group. And when you're in that space, 
what you were just saying about the I don't know about how I can say it and it and I, 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 in that environment, there's sort of a shared agreement that what you're doing is giving to the group and the group mm. will build with it, including in its messiness. In fact, if you ask my groups, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, that's what we build with. We build with our crap. <laughs> We build with our crap. Okay. Uh, that, yeah. that makes sense. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that it takes time. It takes practice. It takes intentionality. Uh, mm -hmm. Like we have to actually put, put the effort in. And when it comes to being uncomfortable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's yeah. a matter of just doing it over and over again until, until I guess it's, it's less uncomfortable. Yeah, or you get more used to it. Being uncomfortable isn't such a big deal anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can fall down and I can get up again. Love that. And and again, you know, it, it does take that that measure of safety, that feeling of safety in the group. Yes. Um, and I, to, to that point, I love your perspective of I'm giving to the group. Yes. It's a different way of, of approaching and... Um, can you help me? I have like kind of my own idea, but can you help me relate that, especially to our polyamorous groups, to our polycules? Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I'm assuming that we're we're doing kitchen table polyamory and not parallel here. So can you help me kind of uh, uh, to relate that to our polyamorous groups and and sure, sure. Well, yeah. you know, I just because we're creating our own paths together doesn't mean that we don't have the some of the same emotional feelings of jealousy or vulnerability or anger or, or, um, you know, wild passion for somebody new or mm -hmm. how do, how can we give those emotions in appropriate contexts with our partners in ways that help us get closer. How can we grow around that? How can you, so that we can turn to each other and say, I don't know how I feel about you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Can we can talk about it? Can you give me an example maybe? Like uh, have, have yeah. you worked with maybe a polycule where you kind of have had this this conversation or, 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 yes. you know, we've had to overcome this uncomfortableness and create that safe space. Can you give me an, a, like a, an example? Yeah. So, um, I was working with, um, it was a poly couple and they were navigating whether or not she was going to begin another relationship. There was somebody that she was interested in having a relationship with. And I was working with the primary couple on what that would, what that raised for them and what that raised for him in particular, but also her. And then at a certain point in that work, we worked on it together and decided that what would be best for the relationship that's where I work from. What's best mm -hmm. for the relationship would be to invite the, the third person 
into this group conversation where they could work through and give their emotionality, their concerns, their vulnerability around doing this. And this was uh, this the third person, the man, it was his first time doing this kind of thing. And out of that, they together decided what they could handle mm -hmm. and what they wanted to do together and how they wanted to do it. But going back to your point of it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it, particularly in the world around sexuality, and I feel so passionately about this, it's not who you're sleeping with, it's how you're sleeping with them. How are you being sexually intimate or emotionally intimate with others? As in like what positions we're using or as in like no, the how you do it, how you organize it, how you, how you speak to your primary about your desire to initiate another relationship, mm -hmm. how you, how you turn to your, um, to your, partner and say, I'm feeling really vulnerable right now. Mm -hmm. Can we not be doing these certain things together or not? Right. It's the how we relate to each other, the going back to the relationality. That's, yeah. the, that's where the growth is. We are also underdeveloped around that. We live because we're in a very individualistic, consumeristic society how where we can grow is how we relate to each other, how we listen to each other, how we build with each other, how we create with each other. Can we grow to see the new things that are emerging in what we're doing together? And we're, we're not naturally gifted like that. I, I'm not either. I went through 25 years of being in the social therapeutic group. Um, that's how I've grown to be where I am today. Yeah, I mean, 38 years on this planet. I don't know. I I still haven't totally figured it out. Yeah. Um, but I, I love this idea of the, the group relationship. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like this is like a really important piece for all of us. There are a lot of people that do practice uh, parallel polyamory, though. Yeah. What do you think of that style? Does that help? I mean can people practice parallel polyamory and still uh, still have this, this group relationship that you're talking about? I think in this way that it's very hard for all of us to, to carry with us what we've built and created in our lives. We forget immediately. We're on to the next thing because we're consumers. We forget. We we disassociate from what we've created 10 minutes ago, a beautiful conversation, for example, or wonderful sex or whatever. We forget. We don't carry it with us. If we can grow around having what we the what we've created and built in our lives, that allows us to be more present with others, be more giving with others, be more caring. And ultimately that benefits everybody in our lives. Yes, absolutely. So basically it sounds like 
uh, get me tell me if I'm if I'm following you here. It sounds like we're really making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and nurturing each relationship individually. Uh, and I mean, I guess in a way, it kind of it kind of creates the group. But I'm just like the hinge point, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, well, you're the person who's working your butt off to be giving to everybody, mm -hmm. to not let, um, to work based on what your decisions are, To you're working your butt off to not be hurtful to anybody, Right. to be loving, to be giving. And to do that, part of that is, I don't know how to... Um, it's to embody all the love that you've created in your life mm. and give it. It's not going back to what we were saying at the beginning. It's not yours privately, individually, and it didn't happen to you. You have been part of creating it. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to give that in the appropriate ways that we all can in, in ordinary ways of being loving, caring, attentive, listening with others. Love it. I love it. I love it. Carrie, 30 minutes goes by way too quickly. Uh, I want to ask you before we head out of here. Um, yeah. First of all, was there anything that I missed? Is there anything that you wish that I had asked you about uh, or anything else that you'd like to touch on before we head off? Well, um, one thing I wanted to say is that I, anyone who's watching this podcast, I'm offering a free 30 minute consultation and I would love to work with you and I'd love for you to get to know me and I would love to help you grow. I am passionate about all of us growing emotionally and I think it has to happen if we're going to change this world. We have yes. to create new human beings and new forms of being and seeing and conversing with each other. So that's one thing. Um, Perfect. On, yeah. on that note, um, since uh, since thank you for all, all of our listeners, if you want that free 30 minutes, uh, how can people get in touch with you and uh, where where can they find you and what will they find whenever they look for you? You're going to find probably a very dinosaur looking website. That's where I'm going to send you. And it's <laughs> the website address is coaching Z as in zebra P as in Peter D as in David. Dot com. So my company's name is ZPD Coaching, but I couldn't get the URL, so I had to switch it around. So the URL is coachingzpd.com. You'll be able to contact me that way, and then we'll talk. Um, and I am offering a, a short-term four-week group that's going to begin on September 21st, and I would welcome folks to reach out to me and we could talk about that and would love to invite you to join. Perfect. The last thing that I want to ask you about is um, the work that you're doing with the uh, uncomfortable independent conversations. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that and, and uh, if we can find that somewhere as well? Sure. Um, yes, that is on a, a website that's called Improv Science dot org um, improv as an improvisation science dot org and um, then a forward slash UIC for uncomfortable independent conversations. We're going to run a three week 
uncomfortable independent conversation starting this Friday, actually, Friday, September 10th. Um, and it really, uh, Raquel is a leader in the science community and after George Floyd was murdered, her network um, in the academic and professional science has reached out to her to say, what can we do? What are you doing, Raquel? And it was out of that that she decided to bring people to create without knowing what we were creating. I, I called her up and said, can I do this with you? Can I be your co-lead? And she said, yes. And, um, and so without knowing what this was going to be, we started coming together and Raquel is brilliant and lovingly facilitating these challenging conversations where people can be more open and honest and vulnerable, and in particular for white folks to be more vulnerable and open with their reactions and thoughts, and including to other people in the group. And the people of color in the group have a lot of support to be more honest and demanding and giving to white folks and the ways that we all are impacted on by racism, that America's racist. So we're all racist. There's nobody who's not a racist in America. It doesn't happen because it's societal and it's institutional. So with that, there's a, just a lot of um, giving and hard work and hard listening and risk taking to create a caring environment where people can hear each other and people can grow around and get closer to each other and how we see each other and what we see possible in what we can build together. Love it. I love it. Perfect. Well, Carrie, thank you again so much for spending thank some you. time with me. This yeah. has been super insightful and uh, I hope that our listeners got a lot of value from it too. Me too. Hope to hear from everybody. Absolutely. And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday right here, 2.30 Pacific Time, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, or sign up for our Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. We do have one more extra special episode tomorrow thursday so tune in with us tomorrow and until then have a nice day <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the practicing polyamory podcast would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation please support us by subscribing liking and following us on social media at practicing polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing